0: Live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Diana Cortez is a board-certified behavior analyst and former special ed teacher dedicated to helping kids develop the 21st century social skills that will lead them to happier, healthier lives. Diana, welcome
1: to Momnificent. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you for saying yes to come on to this show. And where are you enjoying Momnificent from today? I don't think you're on the East Coast with me, right?
1: No, I'm on the West Coast. I'm in <laughs> Southern California and we are so lucky we're having like this heat wave, but oh. it's in like high 70s. It is glorious. Oh, I'm in uh, Palos so nice. Verdes. Where is it? Palos Verdes, uh, okay. California. I don't,
0: I don't know where that it's is. a but...
1: little south of LA.
0: Do you have palm trees there? Because those are my favorite. Yes, we do. Oh my gosh. I love that. Good. I'm not
1: originally from here, but I absolutely love it. Where are you originally from? Connecticut, East Coast. Oh,
0: freezing cold.
1: (laughs) Yep. So you see why I love it here.
0: (laughs) Oh, good for you. All right. Well, step out and enjoy it for me. Um, so I love I love asking my guests this question. What's one thing you've done recently that you haven't done for a while that just brings you joy?
1: Oh, gosh. So one thing I've been doing that I just literally I can feel my heart get bigger because joy. I like I just said, the weather's been super great. And I for the past uh, few months, I've been working really hard on this online course and I haven't been getting out as much as I should. So I started running again and I have added on a piece of my run that is just the most beautiful area. It's overlooking the ocean and I go there and it's just, I feel the sun. I feel like the breeze and it is really doing me so much good just mentally. Sometimes I feel guilty if I go outside and um, you know, not outside, but exercising, I should be working.
0: I know. Tell me about it.
1: You know, giving me like great thoughts and just feeling literally like just, I'm so, how did I get so lucky to just, you know, be here at this moment?
0: Oh, that is so, oh, I was like right there with you overlooking the ocean. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How often in the week do you try to get out and do that?
1: I try to do it about three times a week. (gasps)
0: Good for you. Oh, that's so true. I love being out in nature. And you're right. When I get out, I'm like, oh, but then sometimes I'm like you. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get my podcast ready. I gotta get my next interview ready. And, and, and I work full time. So I'm like, always, always working. Someone the other day was like, Karin, have you watched such and such? And I was like, I don't watch things. And they just looked at me like I had two heads. And I'm like. I just can't even explain. Like when when my head hits the pillow, I'm gone. Like I can't even like lay down and watch something at the end of the night. I'm just like gone. My husband gets so upset. He's like, you fall asleep way too quickly. Like,
1: I've been told oh, so that fast. too. Yeah. That's why I say, if you wants to watch TV, I said, what's a half an hour or less? I, is my He's like, no movies. No, a movie on a weeknight. Are you kidding me?
0: I know. I'm gone. Okay. So you say that you wholeheartedly... Believe all children can and deserve to succeed, which I love and believe in too. But the skills to achieve success today have changed. And I'm wondering if you can help us understand why do you think those skills to achieve success have changed today and and what's changed about them?
1: So I think that the skills that we need today, especially our kids need today, have changed because our world has changed. Just think about as an educator yourself, think about what education looked like when you were growing up. Just picture it, individual desks, individual assignments, tests were things you had to memorize and then regurgitate. Even socially, the people that you interacted with were either in your family or in your direct town. So it was more individualized and also just limited, right? And now the world our kids have is just astronomic, right? They, um, and thankfully education has gotten, I think, a lot better with much more collaborative approaches to learning, group projects, and things that make kids work together. But that's actually hard. And there's a lot of skills that go into working with each other. And the other kids that they're dealing with or interacting with are the kids in their immediate environment. And then they are also people online or people in social media. So they have a lot of different uh, input than I think we have. And so their skills really need to be those skills that transcend all the other domains in life. So they're going to have to learn these social skills and how to appreciate other people, how to respect other people, and most importantly, I think, enjoy other people mm-hmm. and enjoy learning, enjoy knowing new things. So I just think the world is just so different, and we need to make sure that we're equipping our kids <clears throat> to be successful in this world that looks different than the one we grew up in. But what's what's
0: a skill that they would need, like, online social media or when they are gaming with their friends and who knows who they're talking with or where they live. Like, can you, can you give me an example? Cause I guess I'm trying to figure out like, what, what is that different skill that, 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 that we, than the, I guess, basic life we lived growing up and that skill.
1: Right. So they're going to hear different things and they're going to need to understand how to interpret something that they think about it, you know, online, it's even more difficult because they're not getting that, facial interaction probably, um, or necessarily the tone. So they're also gonna need to know how to interpret what they're hearing, how to have some self-regulation and when they want to respond, how to communicate that they're best understood, especially if it's limited through something like online or through text and how to, you know, not either overreact, not overshare because the whole digital socialization is. A whole other dynamic that those kids need to, our kids need to understand. And a lot of them are pretty good, much better, I think, than adults. And SAR is like knowing how much to not overshare personal information and also to be more aware of, you know, regulating themselves and working on that self esteem is so important because they may hear things that are not so nice online. And so we want them to be able to have high enough self-esteem so that they can communicate what they're hearing or what they're dealing with um, to trusted adults, to parents, to family members.
0: Okay, so that made me think of like kids playing games online and their friends get online as well. And they like comment, comment, comment throughout the game and you see each other's comments and then you know, I have heard where sometimes kids are saying inappropriate words, and 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 then if a parent sees or overlooks, or the kid tells their parent that the child, the other child, child on there, you know, said that bad word. It, to me, it's always like it's easier to write things and it's easier to put things in email than you would actually say face to face to somebody, and and it makes me think of that as you were talking because. Possibly, not always, but in real life, if they were really in that room together, would they be using all of that vulgar language, but yet it just comes out so loosely and so easily there. Um, Yeah. yeah, And that's why I think it's so important that
1: they develop those social skills in real life so they're less tempted to do that online. Think about it. If a child has a high self-esteem and has a strong social network in real life, they are much less likely to emit that type of online bullying or that online behavior. So I really think the two are connected in the sense that I'm not against kids gaming. I think it has its benefits as well. But we really need to make sure that our kids have a robust and solid, healthy social network. It doesn't mean being Mr. or Ms. Popular popular, but having some meaningful friendships that they can count on. And so they can feel good about themselves.
0: Yeah. And, and I think sometimes we get this sense that, you know, or, or parents wonder, like, does my kid have friends at school? Do they make friends? Are they social? Like they will ask the teachers a lot of this. And and sometimes we think they, they need like a lot or a bunch of friends. And, and actually if they just have like, I mean, plus it doesn't really even sound right but really if they only have like one or two like that that's what like they need like it's okay just focus on those one or two it's okay that there's not like three and five you know in the circle of the friends that that are like the closest to your child so um dr michelle borba who we mentioned wrote that book thrivers she had said that and it really made me think think differently about that and if you're a parent listening that that might be something to think about
1: Yes. As long as that, because also we don't want our kids having, you know, 10, it's better to have one, maybe two meaningful relationships than 10, you know, acquaintances that they see at school. But parents worry, you know, and I, I get that same thing. Like, oh, my child doesn't have a lot of friends. Well, did they have one friend? And more importantly, how, how is that friendship or is it reciprocal friendship? And do this, does the child feel good about that friendship? That's what we really need to concentrate instead of like the number of, of people that they're around.
0: And if, so let's go back to teaching those, those soft skills, as you call them, if they're more important than ever in today's which is so true, fast-paced, dynamic, and nuanced social environment. I love how you put it like that. What are soft skills? Maybe you can help our listeners with that. And why are they so important now more than ever?
1: Right. So the soft skills are basically think of people skills. They are skills like cooperation and to be able to communicate with others. They're also skills like social awareness and self-awareness. The ability to self reflect and know what you know what triggers you what makes you happy what kind of behaviors that are you are going to show they are all the skills that enable people to understand each other and get along with each other and you know appreciate each other and these skills are what's needed both per- personally and professionally so if we want to have friends we don't want to just have our way all the time. That's just not going to work. It's, you're not going to create a meaningful friendship if you have to have your way all the time. And but, but the same thing is true. Like professionally, you're going to need to communicate with the people that you're working with. Even if you look at any of the um, World Economic Forum forecasts for the skills that are needed in the next you know 10 years or so, people skills are at the top of that list and right. creativity.
0: They so are. I mean, no, I don't mean to cut you off, but 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 I had so that we do this principal for a day. So we have business local business people pr- offer to come in, shadow and like be a principal for the day with the principal, and and I and I love to ask them like, what do you need in your job right now? Who are you looking to hire? And what would be the top three things you need? And they are like people skills. If they can't get along with people, if they can't interact, if they can't take another perspective, like I'll teach them their rote skill. I can teach anybody anything like that, but to change their behavior, I can't, we all know behavior is the hardest thing to change, but it is, it is those skills, but how often I'd love to pull up report cards from around the country and see how many of the, the soft skills you just mentioned are even considered, recognized, talked about. But yet, so, so important. So oh, I love everything you're saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think it's, that's the why are we not prioritizing that?
0: That's a great question. Oh, that is such a great question.
1: So, yeah, I think and, and, the, and these are skills. I agree. Like I, you can teach, you know, the hard skills, the technical skills, rote skills. Those are fairly easy to teach, right? Yeah. But the soft skills also can be taught. They are not just skills that people that people have or don't have. And I think that's kind of a myth that's out there. Like, oh, he's a people person or she's she's not. But you can learn to okay. self-regulate. You can learn to self-reflect more. And these are things that we can develop and enhance as we go throughout life. And it's only going to make our life better. It's just, to me, it not only, you know, gets you along with people, but it's just bringing more... To use the term again, joy to your life. You know, for me that it's all about kids enjoying other kids when I'm around my peers, you know, or they're bringing more value to my life and I'm secure enough with myself to listen to them, play their game, be flexible with what we're doing.
0: Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course, Three Steps to Happy Healthy Kids at www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy, healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today. So what do our kids need to have to develop these skills? Um, and what's happening when kids don't have
1: them? Yeah. So our kids really need to be flexible and they learn. To, they need to learn how to be flexible. There's there's ways we can help our kids be flexible. There's games That we can use just like different board games there's different strategies we can use to help kids become more flexible socially flexible uh, behaviorally flexible learners and what happens when they don't have these skills is we can think about it in the micro if a child is lacking a lot of social skills or soft skills things that we might see could be slamming doors or, you know, getting upset at things, you know, overreacting, um, maybe missing some cues. These are little manifestations. But if we broaden that out and we never give that child, you know, help, what's gonna happen is we run the risk of that child having just being isolated. And when we have social isolation, we know that leads to other problems, you know, like depression or anxiety and talking about you know going you know in that online world and that's when maybe those negative behaviors come out so when we see them in, in in little ways it really should be something that we should know as parents or educators and think okay how can i how can i work on this even when it's very little it doesn't need to be a lesson it doesn't need to be a lecture but how can i incorporate this in his day, in their education. So they are more flexible and more open to other things. Mm,
0: that's really good. And I like how you're like, you don't have to have a whole lesson. Uh, it could be something like a teachable moment, we call it <laughs> as teachers, like like use that moment. And it could be just a moment, a moment or two. Um, so why are you saying that we need to explicitly teach the social and play skills instead of just waiting for them to develop?
1: Right. So because they are skills like any other, just think of it instead of social skills, interchange that for math skills. Do we just magically wait for math skills to develop? No, we don't. So if these are skills on the same par or even more important, why are we not explicitly teaching these skills? I mean, it's because they're hard and they're nuanced. And I think just the priority hasn't been there in the past. I do believe that priority is shifting. I like the way, the direction that things are going now, but we need to explicitly teach them so they are developing them and they are increasing and they, our kids just feel more competent to be successful in this, in the world that they live in. We have to prepare them for what's really out there, not the school system, because that's just one environment. It doesn't necessarily reflect what they're gonna see when they when they leave that system. So there we can explicitly teach. I mean I run social skills groups um, in person and I explicitly teach these skills. although, again, I don't lecture and I don't give formal lessons, but I do it through different games. We do it through role plays, we do, do it through group discussions. and that's how the kids, Feel more comfortable talking and feel more um, more secure when working with other people hmm.
0: are you familiar with the social thinking skills from michelle winter garcia yes oh, i love her work i actually i worked at a summer camp as a camp counselor and then an as associate director for like seven years and at the end of it the last couple of years i actually taught a social skills group like after camp, using all of her materials, which I fell in love with when I had attended one of her conferences. Okay, that's, that's cool. She's great. Yeah, it's that, that's it's that emphasis
1: on the social flexibility.
0: Yeah, it's so important. I mean, some of us just kind of like show up with it or catch it by <laughs> by observing, and then other kids like really need to be wrote, taught, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, when I talk to parents about like when your kid has a problem, it's only one of two things. It's either a problem to be solved or a skill they need to be taught. And I think so often we 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 say, well, they should have known that. And 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 and, and I push back and I'm like, well, what if they don't know it? I, I mean, because I know they should. And a lot of kids you see have it. But what if what if that kid doesn't really know how to do that. And 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 that really is kind of hard at times to stop and not assume that no they should they should just be able to do that. Why the other kids are doing it. So I think I think that's really really powerful.
1: And I think what you just said is so key. It's okay. It's just a skill like any other and we'll address it. It's okay. You yeah. know, they're doing the best they can with the skills that they have at. Yes, it's so true and that
0: goes for parents too. Mom, guardian, you are doing the best you can, like feel good right now because you are doing, you're doing an awesome job. And no one should criticize you because with everything you know, you are giving it everything. And as soon as you learn something new, awesome, we'll add that to your toolbox. We'll add this to your toolbox. So, yeah, I think it can feel so discouraging, especially when your kid is acting up or having difficulty with skills or embarrassment
1: there or some shame, it is. It's
0: hard. And then, and then you feel like you're the only mom who has a kid like that, which is not true. We all have our own (laughs) issues in different moments or scenarios or what have you. So yeah, if you're listening, like you're not alone and it's okay. So you just take a deep breath because you're doing awesome. So Diana, how can we teach these social skills to our kids and students in a way that doesn't feel like work for them?
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my mission in life.
0: (laughs) I love it. Tell us more.
1: So I do this through there's different ways we can do it. But what I do in my social skills groups, depending on the age of the child and the skill set of the child. So when they're little, you can easily do it through play. So think about just any materials that your child likes to play. You can use anything that they like, they have interest in. And so we were talking about that flexibility before. So maybe they are used to playing with their toys a certain way. And maybe we can, you know, change that up a little bit. Not not something to upset them, but we can, hey, have you ever thought about this? And they can see new ideas and new possibilities with just, you know, a a little different idea in there. That's just the very beginning of being flexible. We do, we play um, duck, duck, goose, for example. And instead of saying duck, duck, goose, our kids always change it. And we ask them, okay, what do you want to say? And they might say, banana, banana, apple, or I don't know what it is, red, red, blue, or, you know, SpongeBob, SpongeBob, Patrick. (laughs) And so, oh, okay. That's, that's another way we're being different and, and flexible. When we play games, we try to do it every time we do it. We might do it a little bit different, just so they're not they're not um, you know pigeonholed into this is how I play this game at this moment. And another thing that's really great to do is when you have kids working on tasks, and the collaboration, what they're making together is better than what they could make when they're separate. And that way, they're seeing like, wow, I made this, but it came out even better. You know, this tower, it's even taller um, or it has even more colors because so and so helped me with it. So we're looking for ways in which we can incorporate other kids that teach the other ones hey, it's a good thing that you're sharing. It's a good thing that you're collaborating. It's more fun when we're flexible and creative. With the with the older kids, what we like to do is to have different role plays about potential scenarios, and there's no right or wrong answer. That's why I say there's no lesson in the sense of we're going to learn this is what you should do in this situation. What I normally do is I present a situation that I know is typical of their age or of the particular kids that I have, and I ask them, like, hey, act it out, or um, you might have different endings to the, you know, different ways that they acted out. And then we just talk about it. And I never say that's right. That's wrong. Oh, I just, we just talk about it because the feedback from each other, that will tell them, oh, that that's landing well, or that's not landing well. Another thing, if you're out of that kind of context and you're just at home, is just just have open ended conversations with your, with your kids, like ask them their opinions. And see what comes out. Asking what they would do in that situation that brings about some sort of perspective taking. Okay, you know, treat them like, treat them with respect in the sense of that they can, they can mull over some situations and give you some help. Sometimes I even say if you have to make it up as a parent, you know, think of it. Oh, this happened, and this person did this, and this person did that. I'm not sure what to do. What do you? What's your opinion? So giving ways for kids to, you know, get their input. And so it doesn't feel like they're being, they're being lectured they're, I Kids are really sensitive. I think, especially now, I'm sure you probably see this in school. They're very sensitive to just always being told what to do. I was just going to say that they they're, they're used to that. Yeah. So the
0: minute you say, what do you think? They just stare at me and I'm like, <laughs> why can't they, th- why don't they? And I think it's because they're so used to, we tell them where to sit, where to stand, when to go to the bathroom, what to do, like everything. Like, and I get why we've gotten to that point, but but I love what you're saying. We've really got to give kids the opportunity to choose. Choice is a great thing. I always say give them two choices that you're okay with. And um, and even how you're saying, like, pick duck, duck, goose, pick a different thing. It's making them think. It's making them use creativity. It's making them use um Coming up with that on their, they're really problem solving and thinking, and yeah, that, I, and they that have ownership awesome.
1: when they have a buy-in, when they have a say they in what's do. going on. You've, you've got it. This I would say this their group. That's why I don't lecture in my groups. I don't tell them what to do, and especially just to add on, especially if you have a child with special needs, they are also much more used to being told what to do because they usually do present with um, needing some more instruction, but that can easily go overboard into like some prompt dependency. And so we need to be mindful, especially for the kids who have more, um, you know, more special needs that make sure that they're having ownership in what they're doing as well. Yeah. Cause sometimes
0: the, their behaviors, well, and I'll just say any kid's behaviors can mask, you know, parts of them that are there that we, we, we might not always see. Um, like there, there was, there was a kid years ago who had some severe, you know, disabilities challenges and 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 we made a lot of assumptions because of only the behaviors we saw right and then all of a sudden there was a poetry contest and that kid wrote about having a friend and what a friend really is and it and it oh wow did that did that just stop me and say there's a person in there and yeah there's a lot of like we just like it's, it's, it's sad to a bit, like you see their behaviors and you kind of like create your assumption about who they are, but wow, did that really show us who they were inside? And it was like, oh man, it just got me right to my core. And I was like, yeah, they, they recognize this. They know, they understand, they see that and and they might not always show it, but that's kind of like what you were saying reminded me of that.
1: And there's always a reason behind these behaviors whatever behavior we see there's always a reason for it and that's what we need to figure out the the why behind the behavior
0: i know that's like my whole that's like my whole thing um i love uh claudia gold i had interviewed her uh, and i think she's a pediatrician out west and she said behind every behavior there's a story and i was like yes you're so right are we getting to that story? Are we getting to the root of that story? Because it's not always what you saw. And a lot of times we deal with an, an incident right in the moment it happened and we're only dealing with what we heard or saw right then. And there's usually a lot that happened before. It could be, could be. I don't want to say every time, but it's... it. Don't,
1: no, like, for sure. And, and many years as a, as a behaviorist, that's what, that's okay. something, oh, we <laughs> need your help not. with this behavior. And then I think they get aggravated. It's like, okay, no, you got to back up. You got to tell me <laughs> you got to start from the beginning because this happened. What, ha- you know, what was a lead up to that? And then you can always pinpoint it. Then you can always understand why that behavior happened.
0: Yeah. And that helps the kids. So, um, you offer free activities on your website and can you share with us a little bit more about your free offer?
1: I do. I have two on the website, teach social skills.com. They are, there's two options. You can choose both if you want, but there's one option to choose for children, um, five to seven years old. There's some free resources, and those are some free games or materials that I use in my group that I've had a lot of success with. So I wanted to offer those for the people working with children of that age. And then there's also some resources specifically targeted for children eight to 11. I have things like uh, this or that game. I have emotion charades in there and I have a reaction bingo. So that's see, that's another way how I do with the games. Like I got to work on these reactions. Um, let's make a bingo game out of it. And then, <laughs> you know, let's do, it, it's fun. And so same thing with, Emotional vocabulary. We need to build emotional vocabulary. How can we do it in a fun way? Okay, let's play charades with it. And uh, those are some of the resources that I I know if people use them, they're going to have a good time in their group.
0: And I know you have a course that you are selling where you teach school counselors how to run the social skills groups. Um, How how did that course come about? And is that something even a parent might want to use and maybe even homeschool parents out there?
1: Right. So it came about because I do in-person social skills groups. I worked for many years as a special ed teacher and behaviorist in schools. And what I saw was children, I worked in from preschool all the way to high school. And in preschool, you have some leeway to really focus on their play skills. Once they get into elementary and then higher they're just so busy with the academics that it's just such a limited opportunities to work on these skills and they'll have recess. And then that's a free for all. So it's like academic, okay, go play. Well, what if I don't have the skills to play? You know, what if I always get bullied or what if I'm always doing the bullying? So, I created this in-person group and it's fantastic and I love it. And it's just, I'm so thankful every day for the families that I have in there. I just, it's just so fun, but it's limited. It's in it's in person. And even now I have quite a wait list. And so I was thinking how I've created many social skills groups in schools. I can help other people do the same in their schools because not every school system has the ability or ha- you know, even thinks about, oh, how do we create this social skills group that would benefit kids? And how, what do I need to know? And what's the best practice? So after all my years of doing that, I've distilled that what I have found to be the most effective and fun way to do things. I've distilled it in a course and it's there to train special educators, counselors, behaviorists. Parents can take it, but it's probably best. It is about how to teach social skills groups so it's probably best for parents to share it with their school system rather than, There's some things they can gleam away for it, but it's, it's instead of just teaching social skills directly to the kid, it's more a group format. Okay. Awesome. And what's the best way for someone to find and follow you? So I am at teach social skills and at an in Instagram, I'm pretty regular there. And if you want to see what I'm working on and what I'm always like giving resources and ideas for how to teach social skills groups there. And my website is uh, teach social skills.com.
0: That's awesome. I, I loved hearing everything that you said today. And I can't wait to have you back for another episode uh, at, in the future, hopefully maybe another time this year. Um, but yeah, thanks for everything you're doing. And we definitely need this. I mean, some sometimes school counselors, they just they, they do need something to help them teach them how to do their groups. I mean, they learn so much, they go to school, and then they're, they're put back put into the field. And it's like, wow, what, 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 what did I learn? And now, you know, and then things change so quickly. So it's like what, what we were dealing with possibly three years ago might not be what we're trying to help kids navigate through with t- with today. And, and gosh, with COVID, nobody knew we were going to be facing that at that point, you know, and just things change so fast. So I really appreciate it. You just came out with this course. It is just on the cutting edge and the now. And uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. And I can't wait to touch Same. Thank you again so soon. much.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, Karen.
0: Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.